What up, what up, what up, Tigers fans, and welcome to another edition of Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Tony Garcia, alongside co-host Richie Casalino and the host of MSU M- Morning Track. Yes, Zach yeah. Swirad. How are you guys doing today? Mm-mm, beautiful. I'm doing mm-mm-mm beautiful. Yeah, it's one, beautiful One day. above you, Richie, yeah. I'm back in East Lansing. It's sun is shining. I'm loving it here. Yeah, having a good summer. Having a great summer. That's loving good. my Tigers some That's days. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you should be doing that, but. No, no, no. We're fine. <laughs> we, uh, so why did we bring Zach on? I mean, we got rid of him for a while. Right. You guys got rid of me. But yeah, we were, we were dodging him for, for a while, but he, <sighs> he got back with us. I did. Uh, he was able to find it. It was convenient timing as the Tigers were yes. happening to play his White Sox. Which, uh, <laughs> which, uh, out of, out of the ordinary, uh, the White Sox actually got the better end of the Tigers in, in this last one. <laughs> out of the ordinary, I love how you tossed that in there. But no, we did actually. You know what? I made a prediction at the beginning of the year that we would go 500, and we're staying along that trend right now so far. But yeah, we beat you guys in a three-game series. Obviously, the last game kind of ended on a bad note. Scherzer going the complete game, shut out. Not shut out, but that was a pretty, pretty beautiful gem he was throwing over there. It was a shout out actually for nothing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was rough, especially with Sale, too, because Sale the last week played against Anaheim, uh, the Angels, and he had bases loaded, bases loaded against Trout. Trout hit a grand slam. Very depressing. I cried a little bit. Um, yeah, he has, inside, he has numbers. Yeah. Sale's, Sale's filthy, though. He's a beast. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, he put up a four spot against Detroit. It's not that bad. But we, we couldn't score anything against Scherzer. Absolutely. You're not going to win if you don't score. No. And, I mean – Scherzer uh, coming off a Cy Young year and coming off of a, a back end of 2012, the second half of that season, he, he's he been one of the best, top five pitchers for sure in the game over those last uh, 18, 18 months or so. Right. And given all of that uh, history, he still, in my opinion, uh, had the best start of his career uh, with, yes, it was his 179th start, finally got that complete game, right. and it was a shutout. Uh, he had a few, three walks, I mean, not terrible, just three hits, eight Ks, I mean, He was solid first tonight. Right. Honestly, I would tend to, I mean, obviously I don't know his, you know, history as well as you guys do, um, but I I wasn't impressed as much as everybody else was with Scherzer's start. You know, as a White Sox fan, obviously I'm going to be a lot less, a lot more pessimistic about how we do, Um, but, you know, watching him, I didn't think we, we we didn't take a lot of pitches. You know, we started off the game, Eaton, who's been great for us so far, like swings, swings with the first pitch. You know, he was wild. Like you said, he was throwing balls and everything, had a few walks. You know, you got to get in the guy's head. Like, it's especially with Verlander the previous night. You know, we beat Verlander and then Porcello, who's been pretty good. You know, you got to make him throw pitches. Like you said, he's a Cy Young Award winner. He's your best guy. And you got to give Sale a chance. You know, we just weren't looking smart up at the plate, which is out of the ordinary for us this year so far. Well, I mean, beating Verlander at this point isn't much of a challenge. Well, <laughs> for us, his last few starts. <laughs> for us, we still look at it as an accomplishment. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, yeah. I mean, Detroit. The overall series is still Detroit's up by one, but that mm-hmm. I think that's going to go away. If we play the way we've been playing for the last what three, four weeks, mm-hmm. it's slowly going downhill. We've talked about the AL Central is just getting tighter and tighter every single game, right. and that has everything to do with Detroit losing losing games badly. Absolutely, and um, one of those, one of those bad. Well, there's two ways that Detroit loses games badly. They either get obliterated in a in a ten zero or twelve to four fashion, like the A's and the Rangers were trying to do, right. or like game one of the series against the White Sox. I mean, uh, down one to start, down two, then Cabrera hits a home run, boom, you get close. Then next inning, Suarez hits a home run, ties it up at two. After you get those runs, you can't get you can't 
you got to put up a zero on the bottom half of the inning, and Tigers gave up three more. No matter. Back in the sixth, Tigers put up two to cut the lead back to six, uh, or excuse me, to five to four. And in the bottom half of the inning, they give up another run. Right. It's six four. You're in the ninth, and then double double to start it off. Six five, runner on second, no outs. And you can't score. Shy City, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. That's been the problem with Detroit. Usually, yeah. it's been getting runs when you need them. That was the first half, and it's been a totally different story. You just you can't pull through when you need to. That's the difference between those games. <clears throat> Honestly, you guys are fine. I I know we talked about this earlier. I really wouldn't worry about it. You're just going through. It's a little slip up right now. It will be all all right. It's been a pretty long slip up. It's been a it's been a very long slip right. up. Right. And it is surprising we're talking a little bit about off air, um offline about, you know, the run differentials changing. Um you guys are only 5 games over 500 and the division's only separated by three and a half games. So it does look a bit bleak right now and right, you know, Richie, we were talking a little bit about how that Oakland series, I think the one the one of the last times it was actually one of the times I was on the pack, but you know, that's what we were talking about that, and the Oakland series was a make or break. You know, you guys have been downhill right. from from that so far. Well, when we were playing Oakland, we were it was basically us in Oakland, right? And, and then there was everybody else in the AL. It was just we were so dominant at that point. And then, I mean, since that series, we've just gone completely downhill. Mm. And um, it's I don't know if that's like you can't say that describes what's going on with the Tigers. But <laughs> that that was a great series. I mean, Sonny Gray always gives the Tigers. You can, and then, I mean, Joe Nathan doing the Joe Nathan thing, blowing blowing the lead like he loves to do. But, I mean, the fact that every single team in the AL Central has between 34 and 32 wins and between 29 and 35 losses. And Mm -hmm. the only reason the Tigers have 29 losses is because and not in the 30s like these other teams is they've played, I would say, three to five less games than the rest of their division. So depending on what happens in those makeup games, it, this this division could be tied mm-hmm. in in no well, time. especially too looking forward to Detroit's uh, schedule. Looking here, you know you guys are playing uh, Minnesota right now, and then you have a four game series against Kansas City, who is the hottest team in the AL uh, Central right now, eight and two in their past ten games. So four game series at home, which is good, and then you play at Cleveland. Cleveland's been hot lately too, and then you go at Texas, at Houston. Houston, man, Houston's hot right now. <laughs> yeah, George Springer's going nuts in right field, man. He's got hops. He sure is it's seven. Who would have thought they'd only be set in June? In right, June, right. seven games under five under five hundred. That's there's teams that have made the playoffs that have been mm-hmm. in, in this type of situation. Look not out for the Houston. Houston well. Seriously, really? I, well, it, I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like you look at their, they got all these guys they keep bringing up. They got their whole the young guys. right. Their yeah. pitching staff in the minors is going to be not like once mm-hmm. they bring all those guys up, it's going to be crazy. I would say the AL West is the best division in baseball. What, what would you yeah. would you guys agree? Yes, I mean it used to be AL East, but I mean hmm. now with Boston Yankees, best division in baseball. That's an interesting question. No, I think I probably agree. I think AL compared to the AL West and the AL East, you know, it used to be AL Central. It used to be NL Central and AL East. Mm-hmm. I think now it's kind of flip flop a bit. Yeah, so I think definitely NL East. You look at Atlanta and Washington; they're loaded, even though right now they're not playing that well. Miami's going to be good. What else we got here? I agree. I mean, Tampa. What Tampa? You got, then you got the the Mets and the the Phillies. Actually, are behind the Mets, right? Which of, is very surprising. Game. I'm telling you, this year is totally different. There's a chance, you know, Kansas City could make make a run for it. As we said, the entire AL Central has been, you know, well last year, last year Kansas City had their best record since I think it was 1987. George, since the George Brett days, right? Right. Oh, good old days. <laughs> but yeah, I said, you know, so far this is how I anticipated it to go. I mean, I had. Detroit, Kansas City, Cleveland, Chicago, then Minnesota in the standings. Um, and I honestly do think that's how it's going to finish up. But In order. Right, yeah. Yeah. 
with the White Sox at 500, right at 500. That's you're all. okay. You're really okay with that 500 talk. I'm you, not. <laughs> you seem like you're you know, content. With I'm it. not content with that at all, just because you know you look at the draft pick. Um, obviously, playing worse, you get a bigger draft pick. Carl, Carlos Rodon, future Cy Young Award winner, just saying. Um, but for the White Sox, that was you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, right here, guys. <laughs> um, but you know he's going to be a stud. It's always good having those young, um, young guys. You know, in the farm system, it's always fun. But uh, I don't know. Five hundred is one of the worst places to be, arguably, in my opinion. Even though I think it's a step in the right direction for us that we're moving up because I think we're going to get better even next year. But um, yeah, five hundred is awful. You know, because you're not getting good picks. It's like in basketball. If you're that A seed, if you're that. You know, the team just missing the playoffs, it's it's rough. Yeah, I was gonna say, at least it's not quite like that, like that NBA, right. NFL, NBA, middle of the road where you're just worst. you just have there's like it's it's kinda like you take it you're taking a loss for two seasons at that point because yep. you're not getting unless you get a steal, you're not getting someone who's gonna look, turn it look around. Look at the Bucks, look at the Milwaukee Bucks from last year. They're the eighth seed, they made the playoffs, worst got destroyed NBA. by heat, worst team in the NBA. Yeah, it's brutal. The playoffs are NBA is so you know, the, right. the talent level is just well, so especially different. in the in the Eastern Conference too. Oh my God, yes, sub five hundred teams going in. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got a question for Tony then because me and Zach talked earlier, and we talked about a, a bit about this too. Was do you think this is the last year for Detroit to win a World Series? Um, dun dun dun. It's the question. Yeah, that is. Oof. Uh, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say. No. I'm gonna actually All say. Right. Okay. And we could have a little debate here, I guess. I'm too. gonna go resoundingly no, because wow. because. Cabrera's inked. Um, Martinez inked. The bu- the bullpen is in shambles now. But when you when when it's in when it's only when it's this bad, it can only go up. And so and so I'm thinking a few few core pieces in the middle, and then Verlander. Although he's not Verlander right now, he will return to form this year and for years to come. Wow. Mark it down. Sanchez lowest ERA in the AL last year. He's 2.24 right now. That's beautiful. Porcello, eight and four. He still got a couple more years. So the the starters are there. I'm I'm a Detroit fan. I'm not gonna say Optimist. that we're out of it. I'm not gonna say we're out of it. Do you anticipate it. us losing Scherzer then? You didn't say anything about him? I I did I danced around Scherzer because I mean if you're passing up 144 million, I mean you you, you can't be confident he's that he's gone. gonna come back. I mean maybe not you're gonna come back, maybe you're just gonna make more somewhere else. I we can't afford him at this point. No. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. From the other side, looking right, at it, Zach. you know, I think obviously you guys are going to be contenders next year. I don't think the the AL Central has anything you know to really fight against, other than Kansas City and then the White Sox coming up, of course. But all right, looking at looking at the same points you brought up. So you're right. You have those guys inked. Victor Martinez is 35 years old, and you know he's he's been injured lately. He's been healthy this year, which has contributed to his his quote unquote success. And I do quote say that with quotations because he hit. I brought up the stat on the pack a couple weeks ago. He had, I think, 14 home runs at the time. He only had 29 RBIs. He was one of the worst batters in running with runners in scoring position on the entire team. So, you know, it's kind of baseball is one of those games where you have all these hidden stats, and that was one of them. So everybody's like, wow, Victor Martinez is having a great year. I, I didn't really think so. And obviously I'm a White Sox fan, but, you know, I didn't think so because there's all these stats saying, well, you know, he's hitting a lot of solo bombs and everything, but – so he's getting old. He's 35. Right. He's not JV, even close to the oldest either. No, not at all. Torrey Hunter's like 100 years old. Torrey's 100. Nathan's 200. Nathan's, yeah. Nathan's 36. Torrey Hunter's like 37, 36. Yeah. Um, and and those two guys are are two just two of the of the vets who are trying to who are starting to show their age. I think. Right. Recently, I right. mean, get this: in the last 30 days, Torrey Hunter is batting 213, and his on base percentage. 227. 
He's getting on base less than 23% of the time. Mm -hmm. Errors count towards this, people. You just (laughs) need to get on base. He's... Avila is hitting what Torrey Hunter's on base percentage is. The Tigers are not going to win anything when this is going on. I was I was saving this for later, but you know what? I just can't. I can't. Bring Hunt, last 30 days, Hunter, 213 batting average. Avila, 225 batting average. Jackson, 222 batting average. Kinsler, 248 batting average. And Rajay, 253 batting average. And all of them, with the exception of Avila, have on base percentages of lower than .300. Wow. I mean... That's horrible. How that's many, like bot, like like seller dweller numbers. And that's right. everybody. All those people are in the lineup directly before Cabrera, directly before Martinez. It's mm-hmm. just it changes absolutely everything in that. It's run. yeah. Four four of those guys: Davis, Kinsler, Jackson, Hunter. All can alternate in the one and two positions. Yeah, even and if they're not there, they're they're five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's I'm done. I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> that was your rant. No, but that well, was those that's a good point. Good numbers. I still think that you know, and I hate admitting it because I want the Tigers to be good the next 10 years but mm-hmm. it's that you know you talk about the bullpen how many people have one year two year deals like Chamberlain's got a one year deal I think Scherzer's going to be gone if Verlander can pick it up he, I think the reason he's doing so poorly is because of his surgery I think that has something to do mm-hmm. with it it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with Kate Upton I don't care how many times people try to say it I think that's what it is. Interesting point to bring up. Yeah, because he mentioned you know he's like oh well it's no big deal you know after the surgery in the off season he's like oh I'm going to be fine mm-hmm. Um. wow yeah, no, I, I think that's because we're making bold statements here. Yeah, not only do I have a Tigers bias, I and I don't think you guys know this yet. I have a personal Justin Verlander bias. He's he's my favorite player <laughs> in the league, and I'm gonna, I can't, I can't accept, and I know that he doesn't accept this surgery as uh, as uh, as an excuse. Uh, he he didn't give up a run in spring training. It was like four or five. I mean, yes, this is spring training. Mm-hmm. This uh, you're playing in Florida. All those games. There's a reason they don't count for anything. But he had four or five starts. Pitched a total of I think it was almost 27 innings. So three complete games. Did not give up a run. I'm not talking earned runs. He gave up no runs. Mm-hmm. And then his first eight starts this year, he's like five and two, six and one. He's cruising. He's got a three one ERA. And then go go and hit him with the last uh, five or six games, Richie. Yeah, but I say oh five or six games. We've what he's had an earned run in the last six games. He's had an earned run. He's given up five earned runs or more in those five or six games. What a messy stat that was. Right. But, uh, well, it's a messy stat to stay. Let's say that's why. Yeah, I know. It's just disgusting. I yeah. couldn't get it out. No, you're fine. And he's one in, what, one in four in those last five games. So, hmm. yeah, he's deciding whether we win or lose in those games. But going back to that, I don't, you know what? I'm going to say I say it. I don't care what he does in spring training. It doesn't matter hmm. to me. What he does against the little leaguers back down in Florida doesn't have any effect on what our team does. It may give him confidence for what he does, but in the future, when you're giving up eight runs to Chicago over here, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm disappointed. Well, a few things. Like, his velocity has gone His velocity has gone down the past two years, and now he's even, like, this guy, he's an MVP. Like, he's an MVP discussion. You know, he's he's big time. Like, two years ago, he was big time. He's big time he really was. Not this year, though. Seriously, no. His velocity has gone down, and even he's changing his approach in games. When does an ace change his approach in games? He's like, he's upping injured. his he's upping his velocity now. He's changed. I, I honestly, if that baseball is the number one mental sport out of any sport in the entire world, I don't care if it's bas- under underwater basket weaving, whatever it is. <laughs> Seriously, except very popular. I love it. But baseball is the most mental game. If you, you know, that's why people have closer issues. You know, we were talking about it on the pack. You know, it's all mental. If he's changing his approach each start, I, I'd be frightened. 
Yeah, I hear you. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's if he's changing start by start, but uh, we're gonna we're going we're going back way like a like, few years back, back in the in the 2009 2010 Verlander days before he won, but uh, right. his Cy Young MVP, he would Verlander would give up five runs in the first to ball. I remember this game. He gave up five runs in the first to Baltimore, and I said, and I was I was sitting with my buddies. I was like, mark my words, he's getting the win in this game and not giving up another <laughs> run. Tigers won six to five. He went seven innings. That's not the point. Was he was he was like like you're saying, Zach? He was going 95, 96, pumping gas in the first, and then and then he was uh and then he was just kind of losing it and so and then didn't have as much at the end of games. But then in 2011, 2012, when he really figured it out, he was going 91, 92 in the first couple innings, spotting it. Mm-hmm. And then when he had bases loaded, one out in the seventh, he'd reach back and grab that 99 mile an hour fastball, throw it right down the middle mm-hmm. by you, and you're not touching it. Well, that what made that's what made him so valuable that's what made him so successful exactly and now uh because when he was trying to do that at the beginning of this year and he was not missing bats he's saying i'm never even getting to the point where i can use this overpowering fastball part of the part of the problem is he can't even he can't even touch that anymore he he had he had 98 miles an hour in his last start and i know i i admit i have a bias i do (laughs) but he the the, when he gave up these this last this last start against the White Sox, until the until the sixth, he had his stuff going. He was he had only given up the one run on the mistake he made to Jose Abreu, and he only had I think two, one or two other base runners in the first five innings, and then um couple of nice singles in the sixth, and then an, a a, a could be double ball play off the glove of Castellanos, and instead of a guy on third with two outs, there's bases loaded, no outs. Then the next batter, he gets the double play he needed. It, the White Sox are up two to one with two outs on third. That's when you got to close the door, and that's what he's missing because he ended up giving up three more runs and five yeah, in the bullpen. Ayers hurt that series. J.D. Martinez probably played the worst left field I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's hard to do to play the worst left field. With yeah, our, uh, well, left defense. field, not a lot of balls are coming your way, and if you you're diving left and right, and they're they were going they were finding him. The ball the balls were finding J.D. when you when you don't want him coming. Yep, that's it, what happens. It'd be an interesting stat to see on Verlander how many of those innings, even in spring training. Did he give up runs, or not even for training, but how many did he give up runs in the first through fourth innings, and then maybe like five through seven? Because mm-hmm. back in, you know, back in 2010, 2011, his MVP years, uh, he would give up, make maybe a run in the first, and then, you know, like you said, he'd dial it down. Now it looks like he's giving up three, four, five runs in the fifth and the sixth, and, and this is something else we can talk about, is whether Osmus is making the right decision by keeping him in for the seventh when he's showing 100 pitches, fatigue, not reaching fastball, you know, what he needs to do. But that's a problem because that's another thing I was going to bring up is, all right, so if you don't want to blame it all on him, I know, Tony, you don't want to blame it all because it's your guy. I don't want to blame any of it. He grew up up with him. I understand. Exactly. But another thing you can blame if you want to take the blame off JV is you say the bullpen. So that's a whole other thing you got to worry about as a starter. So even as bad as as bad as it is or as good as it is, you know, the media and everything portrays it as, you know, all oh, the Tigers have one of the worst bullpens. So that's going through his head. It's one of the so worst. if he's if he's struggling late in that game, you know, he's like, well, oh my gosh, I got this awful bullpen, so I gotta I gotta give it all my give it all I got. You know, I gotta push the extra mile. You're not thinking, like I said, mental game again. You're not thinking a hundred percent towards that batter. That's why people say when you have guys on base and everything, don't worry about them. Worry about the batter you're facing right now. Don't worry about who's in the bullpen. Worry about what you got to do right now. That's just my opinion. I hear you, and I got another question for you, Zach. Right, coming from uh, me and Richie are going to be a little biased, so I want to hear an outsider's perspective mm-hmm. in on this situation, on what Richie just touched on, which I think is an excellent point. And Osmus and 
when he you can see you can see it on his face when he when he walks out to go pull the pitcher. If he's if he's pulling him, he's throwing up that right or left arm before he crosses the chalk. Mm-hmm. But if he's not and he's walking out there, he's letting that starting pitcher make the decision. And I watch him do it with Scherzer and I watch him do it with Verlander. And even though in both those decisions, I at the time was supporting it just because I can't watch the bullpen give up any more of their right. runs. I can't do it. And so I was for it. Both times it backfired and Scherzer gave up the hit. Verlander gave so up a walk and hit and we lost both games. Mm-hmm. So... Is he trying to do too much, be too much of the nice guy, new manager? And like, since he's the, since in a way he's the young one, and Verlander's the vet in their roles that they right. are oh, currently 100%. in. What do you do? Well, I think it's interesting too because Osmus is a catcher, so I think that adds a whole nother level to it too because he was in that position. Catcher is a huge; they're the captain, they're the manager on the field. So I think that's a whole nother aspect you have to bring up. But I think he's coming up short as a manager. I mean, your bottom line, you bring up the whole, that's a great point about a veteran. You know, obviously JV and Scherzer would look down at Osmus saying, well, you're this new guy, you're quote unquote young in the coaching realm. But, you know, 100%, you can't back down from your starters just because they're these big money guys, big top of the rotation guys. You have to go at them and say, dude, you're, you're not bringing it tonight. I have to pull you, no matter who we have in the bullpen, even if it's, you know, Richie or I, and we're throwing with our our bad arms, you know. And I think we could do just about as well as <laughs> probably, the yeah. Doing, yeah. I mean, I got my money on you guys. Yes. But like I said, like you have these guys going eight innings or whatever. Put in your bullpen. That's what that's what they're there for. And you know, Osmus, we talked about this, and I even said, I like I was wrong in this assessment. I said, you know, Osmus is fine. You know, he had Leland there the whole time. Um, you know, these guys are fine. They're in control. Detroit's loaded. So well, they were. They could do no wrong at a certain point. Exactly. But then when things go wrong, you find a lot about you find out a lot about people. You know, when people face adversity, when things are bad, how do people react to different situations? You know, it's a big metaphor in life. You know, well, how do you handle something when things are going well, you know, in comparison when things aren't going well? So I think this is a great, uh, great discussion. You know, when when your guys are not aren't performing on the mound, you know, how do you address that? And he's not. I found it interesting because Leland never used to do that. When he was coming onto the mound, the pitcher was done, and Verlander knew that. I don't. I don't think Leland did it. Maybe perhaps once in the postseason, but a few times. Yeah, very but few. besides that, when Leland came out on that mound, it was over. They didn't have a discussion, and they respected Leland. I still think they respect Osmus. You can't not respect your manager, but hmm. giving him the option. Verlander's a competitive guy. Scherzer's crazy. You look at Scherzer's mm-hmm. eyes. You, you're scared. You're Which not, one? Yeah, both of us, right? <laughs> the blue and the black. But they're not going to say, "I, I'm." What am I going to say? I, I feel bad. I'm coming out, coach. I can't. I can't go seven. Then no one's going to do that. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Austin's are just going out there to go. You can do it. Maybe be a little cheerleader for him. But no, they're not coming out of that game unless they're pulled. Whenever I, whenever I hear uh, like a, like a major debate about manager starter uh, decision pull leave, I always, uh, I always go back to. I think it was. Was it O three or O two when uh, in the playoffs when the Red Sox when manager left Pedro Martinez in the game in the eighth mm. and yeah, yeah. Uh, and and he ended up and he ended up uh, giving up the hit and they lost it and I think that was like I think that was like a game six and they lost the series in seven. Yeah, it's easy to look like a genius when you're winning, but as soon as you make that mistake, you knew this was coming. Osmus wasn't going to be the god forever when your team starts fifteen over five hundred mm-hmm. as your first year. But I mean, he's going to make mistakes. I think it's just a matter of time for him to say you're coming out. It's not a discussion. And the first time he does it and he's right, I think we're just going to have all the respect in the world from him again. Okay. Switching back. Okay. Let's to, do it. To serious business. What, is, what do you make of the Tigers' 
putting up zero runs against the Minnesota Twins and uh, and their starter uh, Gibson. Oh gosh, what's his first name? All right, well, uh, Kyle, all, Kyle Gibson. I'm sorry. First of all, you're getting zero runs against the Twins. So, what's their who's their ace for the Twins? You know, his name? I could not. Kyle Gibson is the only pitcher on the staff I can name, right, okay. and that they is signed. Um, oh, what was his name? Kendrys Morales. Kendrys Morales. No, but they signed another pitcher. I don't know if it was Edward Mujica or if it was a guy. I think that from, sounds right. Yeah, I think it was a guy. Yeah, I think so. Or a guy from um, who played Miami later on. But yeah, they made a big free agent signing with him. I'm actually going to pull that up while you guys are talking. But um, yeah, he he's the race. I don't think it's. Either, either way, it was disgusting. I mean, come on. You, this is a, not the first time that it takes at least one time every time for them to be a series, like where we give up five runs and we score zero. It's We did it against Cleveland, did it against the Rangers twice, did it against Seattle, 4 nothing. Uh, didn't give up... Oakland? Oakland. See, there's a ton. We do it almost once every single series. Ricky Ricky Nolasco. That's their, that was right, their big free agent signing. Yeah, they signed him to a $12 million deal. There's a throwback. Yeah. But do you want to know what I'm – gosh, I don't want to sound too positive, but I am fairly certain the Tigers did not get shut out last year until the playoffs because I remember they got shut out in the playoffs. Look it up. And there was uh, – yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check that out. But then there, there was a big blow-up about when the Tigers finally like, – because – Rain, rain or shine, it's, the Tigers' offense, part of them were showing up. I mean, you yep. can't. You're right. You can't put up zero runs. You, mm-hmm. It's impossible to win that way, folks. Yep. <laughs> you can't, and it just it just downs your pitcher so hard, your starting pitcher. When you see, I'm pitching six, I'm pitching seven, I have given up four hits, one run on that, just one mistake. My team can't get me any runs. And we said it, I think, on the last podcast, was that Verlander used to be the guy who would do eight innings of flawless pitching, give up one, maybe one homer, one error by a defenseman, and he'd give up one run, and the game would end 1-0, and you just feel so bad. Sanchez has been that guy. Smiley's getting no help. Sanchez is still, what, 2-2, two and two, something ridiculous. Mm. It just it continues every single year, and it, I don't know why, but it just we seem to always have that problem. Yep. I got, a, I, got, I got one of these stats here. This wasn't last year, but this just goes to show that in the – I mean, I don't know if you want to call it the Osmus days, the Leland days, whatever you want to call it. Um, from 2012 to, thir- to 13, from the J- July 16th to the following July 18th, a year and two days, the Tigers were not shut up. Wow. Hmm. That's Over a full season. Now, is that just amazing baseball or is that... You don't go 162 games in a row not getting shut out and it be luck or coincidence. Now, how many times were we shut out this year? I'm going to say probably... Four or five times. I'd say at least. Yeah, okay. It, and I and I mean, there's another handful of games where we score one or two runs. Yeah, 6-0 and against San Diego. What a wonderful way to lose. And then we went, we got smacked against Oakland 10-0. Then we lost to the Rangers and then Minnesota. So that's five. We've, I mean, we've had yeah. five different games. Yeah, and listen and listen to those teams, Minnesota and San Diego. Like, mm-hmm. the, those... Those you wait, you roll over the bed, check the schedule in the morning. You see, you got the Padres, and you go back to sleep because you got a win in your back pocket, yep. and then you get shut out. It's mm-hmm. th- things are pretty bad in Detroit right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, San Diego is early in the year, yeah, but yeah. I mean, at the same time, you know, you're gonna have those little anomalies, but it's been happening more and more and more, and it just becomes a total drag to see your <laughs> best, best hitter in baseball followed by one of the best DHs, and you know. Maybe the AL one of the right one of if not the best contact hitters in the game right now. Yep. Oh, yeah. Best switch hitter. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a lot, he's the best at a lot of things. Right. He's 
Martinez, there's an interesting stat that Martinez could right now go and end up having more home runs on the year than strikeouts, which I'm not sure how many people have done that. He's in the MLB. I'm going to guess he's a really smart hitter. Yeah. I believe it was. Yeah, it is less than ten. I remember hearing it was uh, George Brett did it one year, and okay. I I think that might be the only guy in uh, in the modern era. Yeah, to wow. do it. It was, it was. You have to go back to like. Um, I don't know if it did was. They, did they check his bat that year? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know if that was the infamous pine tar season, but um, I mean it's and he hit like four hundred this year. Oh, Brett was in, a in star. The year. He was. Best best hitter right. in the game for, for like five almost ten years, but yeah, no, it's astronomically difficult to right. do. Victor's only one; he has one more. He has sixteen home runs, seventeen strikeouts. Yep. He's just one back. Almost, I mean, not almost halfway through the year, but sixty games in. Mm-hmm. I mean, seventeen strikeouts in sixty games. He probably started almost all of those. That's just ridiculous, yeah. especially just how dominant pitchers are nowadays. They're, they're, the players are honed to throw 100, 101 blow by you and martinez has a ridiculous ridiculous batter's eye just but that's He's what a we smart need hitter, yeah. yep. that's what we need and you think i still think that sometimes martinez should be in front of you know cabrera because even if he's not getting on base every single time he's fighting those batters off and they think in the back of their head well even though i get through this guy he's the hardest to you know get the ball passed in baseball then you got cabrera interesting i think using Cabre- not using Cabrera to protect Martinez, but using Martinez kind of as like that two-hole hitter that Torrey Hunter used to be last year. I think so. Where he was just, where he was just like, you you don't want to make a mistake, or it's not it's not that you don't want to mistake make a mistake to this guy. You're just so worried about getting to the next guy. You know you have to go in this. You have to go in the strike zone. Right. You you can't you can't walk him. You can't put him on. I think I've always wondered why Leland and I think Osman does it because Leland did it having Cabrera in the three-hole as protection because a lot of the times the DH can be in the five-spot. Cabrera could be in the four-spot. I, I know that Osmus hasn't really taken a whole lot of liberty with his lineup, maybe because, you know, he's still getting into the swing of things with after Leland. <laughs> Poor Leland always had issues with the media and lineup cards, but I think it's something maybe you try. If you're not getting on base, like you said earlier in the podcast, 200 hitting through your eight nine one two guys, Something's got to change. You're not getting men on base for Cabrera. Yeah, but is offense really the problem? I think so. I mean, off you're not listen. Offense is always the problem if you're not scoring runs. You're getting shut out to the Twins. I mean, great point. What right. what 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 is it? Is offense the problem? You look at this game and you say yes, lost two to zero, and the and the game before that, yes, lost eight to two. Like in two, and I mean, yes, in between we won the four zero shutout. But the main thing is, okay, a lot of a lot of these games. I'm looking at right now. Looking at your losses. All right, so you put up two runs, five, three, three, two, three, zero, two, one. Look at the winning if scores. You have okay, but listen, if you have Scherzer, Verlander, and Anibal Sanchez as your top three, and bottom line, if you're this World Series favorite team, you should be able to win a game if you're scoring three runs, three runs, five runs, spot two runs. I mean especially with Verlander on the mound. So, I mean, I know if you're only putting up three runs, you know, like, well, we need to address the offense. But, you know, with those three guys that would all be aces on a lot of other teams, you should feel like, well, yeah, we should be able to win these games. Absolutely. What's the bigger issue then? Is it open or is it hitting? That is, that's... And that's not good, you know, not good at hitting. All right, so then that that brings up the question. So, you know, we're about just under a month away from the All-Star break. You know, that's a big time. A lot of people address their teams. Um, what is a position, what is one position, one, um, like we have one, one player to get, not, not a name because that's a tough question, but you know, what is one area you'd like to, for them to address? 
Richie? I mean, I think it's always going to be an issue. <laughs> right. No matter what I it mean, is. No, no, okay. I don't, the bullpen, probably, right? I mean, yeah. Always? It's always the bullpen. Been the bullpen for five years. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say... I want to say that it's not even a move that has to be made. It's a move that was already made that has not yet to yep. be able to be put together, which is Joe Hanrahan. I think you saw where I was going with that. And that's going to, I mean, it, it coming from where we are coming from, it's not that that is the answer. That has to be the answer. And if, and if it's not, then, and, and Detroit doesn't get this bullpen t- fiasco fi- figured out. Fiasco. They're, I mean, they're not. They're not going to win it. They won't. No. They can. They can. They can survive this scrub AL Central and win maybe ninety games mm-hmm. and beat Cleveland by two games like last year. But that's that's atrocious. Yep. I mean, that's what lost us. Lost us the playoffs last D- year. This Detroit really Tigers team needs to win one hundred games. Needs to win the division by fifteen. Needs to have a home field advantage throughout. All right. And I. I mean, you can't determine the World Series because that's it. But this. On paper, this is the best team in baseball. Yep, you're right. No, you're absolutely. I mean, but you know yeah. that's always been an issue. Starting pitchers have always had that problem where even if I'm going eight, the ninth is still an issue. And it's more so than any other inning. We talked about the ninth inning last podcast, mm-hmm. but just we're just falling apart. And no, you should look up stats about World Series teams and their relief pitching because it's probably the opposite end of the spectrum from Detroit to you know, to Boston, to San Francisco, people who destroy us in the last few years. Exactly. And I just, as we're in the middle of this discussion, I just had kind of what I consider, uh, I don't have these very often, but it's a little mini brain blast. I just kind of, I kind of came up with a good idea. Uh-oh. Nice thought. You're ready, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Here it goes. Here it goes. This is, I just, I just gave myself a little confidence for why the Tigers are going to be a little more okay if they are able to make it to the playoffs, which I mean, I'm fairly certain they will. And it once they get there, you're only going four deep in the rotation. Having Smiley as that middle reliever, that's gonna be huge. That's yeah. gonna be big time. I'm I'm serious. Last year he was un, he was unhittable coming out of, out of the middle relief. Absolutely. Well, Richie, yeah. you brought up a good point about the previous World Series winners, and I just want to think back. You know, we won in 2005. Our offense was nothing to write home about at all. You know, the big storyline was that our pitchers went um, in the previous series in the AL. Um, ALDS and then the AL, you know, league series before we went to the World Series. We went, you know, Garland, Contreras, Burley. They all went complete games. You know, it was, it was a huge story. If you look at the previous winners, Giants won two previous World Series in the past five years. Great pitching staff. If you look at when the Rays and, you know, the Phillies played, Phillies had a great pitching staff. Pitching, it's like in football, pitching wins championships. You look at Texas's offense the past couple of years, best offense in baseball by far. They haven't won anything. So, you know, I think that's a great point. So you could have the best hitter in baseball. You could have, you know, look at uh, – you could have one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. You could lose 50 by almost 50 points in the Super Bowl. I think it's something you have to address. Yeah, yeah. I think pitching pitching matters, really. Oh, pitching, I think, more than anything. The Tigers have learned that, you know, hitting – you're saying, right. Hitting right. can come and go. You can do well some games, not so others. Bullpen, mm-hmm. you need it every game. Well, and that's why I brought up the whole th- the point about, you know, scoring runs. You should be able to score three runs, two, three runs almost in every game. Like, you should be able to do that. And your starters, what the Tigers have right now, your starters should be able to keep you in games enough to beat a team 3-2. Yep, absolutely. I mean, nine times out of ten, Scherzer and Sanchez aren't giving up more than two or three. That's almost every time. And and back in the day, you could you could count on Verlander for not giving up that many. Recently, hasn't been the same story, but give, give it some time. Like, he was... 
remember when everyone was panicking about him at the end of the year last year and right as the Tigers got into the playoffs the big question was who's who's going to be who's getting game one in Oakland because if it comes back to game five who's going to do it Scherzer or Verlander and I mean come on Verlander is the team's big game pitcher we've I've enumerated the stats multiple times in both game fives last two years in Oakland 17 innings or yeah 17 innings pitched no runs it doesn't he doesn't give up a run in the big game. He d- he does the thing in the playoffs. Yep, and I hope you know he'll do it again this year. And I think that'll show uh, he'll be completely forgiven for what he's done. You know the last few games. Forgiven. <laughs> hey, I, you know some people have been calling for his head. That's what they do. Detroit Detroit fans are cutthroat. You mess up a couple times, you're you're done. Even if you're a proven guy like like Verlander, <laughs> it can get it can yes. get brutal. And I'm not gonna lie, I that's one of my. Well, there's such high expectations too. Yeah. World Series or bust. Right. And Verlander is the the fan favorite. He's been there for years. You're probably his biggest fan because you grew <laughs> up with him, just like me. You know, you yeah. see this guy for eight years consistently being the best he, in the business. He's the face. He's my like he's my idea of the Tigers turnaround. I mean, just that that oh that oh six year. Yep. Like I don't even know how that happened. When <laughs> how we got to the World Series. And it was just on his back. And since then, I mean I, a, I love everything about the guy. It's an interesting stat to know that you know, there's only one player from the 06 World Series team, and that person is Justin Verlander. Yep. We've kept one guy. It's so weird to think that it's total flush out over eight years. Well, yeah, yeah. Same with us. Like the only guy left on us is um, Paul Canerco. Yeah, so uh, from the White Sox. Yeah, yeah. And he was back there in 1947 too. <laughs> God, Canerco <laughs> has just been killing Detroit for back in 1947. Ever. Yeah, Bowlery was uh, on that team. Early was he? Yeah. 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 No longer there. No longer there, though. He's with Toronto. Toronto. Exactly. Toronto's playing pretty well this Said year. Said that earlier. So Toronto. I'm looking forward to this AL East brand new ball, or, uh, Baltimore. So who's who's the team? Who's the team to beat for you, for Detroit in the in the playoffs? So who are you going to face in the American League, League, League Series? What? Why would why would I assume anything other than Oakland, right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. it's we've, we've been three on years, we've been on in a row. Yeah, Oakland. we've been on a crash course with them for the last three years. Got them every single time. But I mean. A big thing that and, helps, and we got him in 06 on that World Series right. run when Maglio hit the walk off off Houston Street. A that. big thing that helps against you guys is Jared Parker's loss for the year, who was their ace last year. That everybody now Sonny Gray is one of their no. big big up and coming prospects. So oh yeah, good. and then they have Dan, Dan Straley. They're loaded. Casimir's pitched really well for them this year, and he yep. was actually the key to why Cleveland, in my opinion, him and him and as were the key to why Cleveland made it last year because they had huge resurgence seasons, mm-hmm. but. You know, I think that's huge that Parker's out. But Oakland's the real deal. Like, it's looking up. It's showing, no offense, it's showing up right now that it's Oakland, San Francisco, in the World Series. Oh, right now, if the right. season ended today, it's going to be Oakland, San Francisco. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. not getting to the playoffs like this. Yeah, no, all the, all the baseball's in the Bay right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but that would be an awesome series to see another Oakland, Oakland, Detroit, Sonny Gray versus Scherzer. I think that we saw oh, in my gosh. game five, game four, game five. Those four. Those oh, four. my God, yeah. That that eight inning game of just who's gonna make the first mistake. It was such a chess mess. I I love baseball like that, and that's what's fun about being a Detroit fan. Usually, much. usually the, you the get to salary see differences between those teams is so that's what, money ball. That? Yeah, that's, that's right. Crazy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Detroit's probably what top three in payroll. Yeah, I think Yankees, Oakland, Dodgers, Oakland's middle yeah, of the Dodgers, road. Yeah, Dodgers. I wanted to say Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw's contract is more than what the top five, bottom five teams in yeah. payroll. Ridiculous, but yeah, Detroit's. Big market. It's time we won something. It's ridiculous that we have it at this point. Yeah, ALCS World Series, ALCS. It's been close. Knocking on the door. Knocking on the door for five years now. What do you guys say we have a little fun? Let's let's do a little trivia. I didn't even tell Zach about this. I was excited because... Richie, you did this to me one other time, and I did not enjoy it. I we love put him on the spot? Detroit Tiger Trivia. Yes, I put more... him on the spot. This was like Tiger Talk Podcast, oh maybe three. 
Put them on the spot for trivia. Oakland A's, sorry, just before we do the trivia, Oakland A's salary is $83 million. Um, the Tigers is $162. Um, so <laughs> pretty much half. Yeah, for yeah. 2014. Yeah. So yeah. About double. Yeah. About double. So we should, you know, technically be winning twice as many games as Oakland <laughs> if the payroll equals. Yes. Us. All right, let's do it. I'm excited. Well, this is going to be interesting. I don't know if you have any Chicago questions in there. But, That's fine. I'll yeah. do my best. I, I don't. I don't. Um, <laughs> I was going to. I, I gave up a few of them with the, with those last thirty day numbers and how how atrocious uh, Rajay Davis, Ian Kinsler, et cetera, have been. But uh, we'll, we'll go back to pitching. Which Detroit Tigers starter has the lowest WHIP? Which, for those of you who don't know, walks and hits per innings pitched with a minimum of ten appearances this season. Oh. Sanchez. Yeah, I think it's got to be Sanchez, right? Yes. Should we should we uh, try to figure out what it is? Is it? It's got to be. He just is. Over one he ball, is right? your hidden gem, by the way. Yeah, and it's so nobody sad. ever talks about him. Nobody ever brings him up. He is a hidden gem. It's beyond me why. A lot of people think he should have been, he was like second in the Cy Young, like he should have been the second best pitcher. He's number two in, right now, you know, if right. we, in the playoffs. He's probably maybe right after Scherzer in the rotation. So, okay, so we're <laughs> going to, okay. Uh-oh. We'll come back to the trivia. So are you, are you, are you, are you implying that Detroit start Justin Verlander in game three? Yes. Are you kidding me? You Whoa. wouldn't. You wouldn't. I'm putting him out game oh, one. Wow. Are you? Oh, gosh. This is wait. Truly, you say the so, season ends right now. You see what Verlander's done the last month. You put Verlander out game one and possibly four and five. The, it's the <laughs> it's the playoffs. I, it's the he always gets. I'm pull, I'm pulling up. No, no, no. Stats. I completely agree. In ALCS in the last year, mm-hmm. absolutely dominant. But but. He hasn't done that. He's no. shown nothing close to what it does. Maybe it's just because it's June. It doesn't matter. But yeah, no. I Give think, Sanchez a chance, yeah. I think Scherzer game one. Right. Put Sanchez, Sanchez game, game two. two. It go. doesn't matter if Sanchez can't, you know, have run support. He's still doing. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I want to look up Sanchez's Sanchez numbers. Sanchez is very efficient, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he goes. He is. The only problem with Sanchez is, is that he throws balls out of the zone a lot, therefore driving up his pitch count. He's at 120 by the sixth inning. He did and then it. it's bullpen issue. And the, exactly. Right. And that's why, you know, yeah. you see him with a 2-2 two and two record after, you know, in mid-June. Mm-hmm. All right. Tony, bring it. 2012, four, four, games, four games started, 28 innings pitched. So that's an average of seven, uh, seven in, innings per start. Uh, this is Verlander, yes? Yeah, this is Verlander. Yeah. I apologize. In the, 20, in the 2012 uh, postseason, he gave up just 16 hits, 29 strikeouts in 28 innings, had a 2.2 ERA, .78 WHIP, and one three lost one. 2013, 23 in just three games, 23 innings pitched, which is an average of about eight games, eight innings per game. Just 10 hits, um, 31 strikeouts in 23 innings, .39 ERA. That is microscopic, and a .57 WHIP. He must have given up one run in three starts. He he yeah he he did. He had one earned run in 23 innings. That's insane. And I think that last game of the series was the one that we lost to Boston. Is that where the Grand Slam occurred? That we don't we don't talk about the Grand Slam anymore. That, mu- that must have been it. Yeah. I don't. Oh gosh, which Grand Slam are we talking about? Are we talking That's about Poppy true. or Victorino? I mean, I still. I mean, yeah, it must have been Victorino because that was. I still. I, I won't. To sleep. I won't say anything. So I don't want to. Yeah, I rub saw, salt in the wound. Exactly, but but I mean <laughs> the the numbers are here. Do you see what I'm saying? The guy when 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 the rubber meets the road, when push comes to shove, whatever cliche phrase you want to use, when the playoffs when it's playoff time, Justin is big. Yeah, I mean you are correct in that aspect, and I also would like to see that playoff mentality for maybe one game, Justin, please. Yeah, <laughs> but 
please, Justin. Please, please Justin. If you're listening, Justin. That <laughs> that, be, that being said, I absolutely understand why someone would want to go Scherzer, Sanchez, Verlander, especially given the way things are going. So mm-hmm. you would go. So I, truly, you would go. I mean, I I would I would go okay. I'll go Verlander, Scherzer, Sanchez. Just. Because, I'm fine with that. Especially yeah. because you're fine with it because yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want you want us out of there as soon as we can be. All right, we got a little sidetracked, um, but that's good. That's all. It's always fun. Relievers, there's there have been a few good ones. It's hard to imagine what reliever has the lowest whip and with a minimum of ten appearances. And and the reason I use whip is because uh, I don't I don't want to use ERA or or wins or something. They're not because right. you, yeah those. Um, ERA is not really misleading. Wins totally misleading. And whip, you, you you see who's on, who's getting on base against these guys. Whip is the perfect step because it takes into account those walks that ERA. You know what? Sometimes doesn't. You know. Right. But uh, yeah. Okay. So lowest lowest whip. I'm gonna say. And the bullpen. It would be close between probably Chamberlain and Cole. I'd probably say Cole actually. I mean, Cole's Cole's been that guy, even though Chamberlain's. I up I was gonna say Chamberlain to start it off. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know too much. Of, yeah, I don't know too much anybody else uh, who would be good enough. But yeah, yeah, Ian Crow's been that you know seventh, eighth inning guy. I knew Crow was up. pitching well. Yeah, it's funny that Crow has never even been considered for the closing position. He's been sort of new, but uh, but Tony, tell me I'm right, Tony. Tell, mm-hmm. say I'm right, Albuquerque. There you go. Oh my there you God. go. Al Albuquerque. Really? Every day Al. That was the other guy I was going to say. Yes, with a huh. 1.09 whip. Yeah. Ian Kroll's actually had a couple of re- of rough outings in his last few. His whip's up What's to 1.4 now. Oh my God. Higher than Evan Reed, <laughs> higher than Drew Smiley, and Jabba Chamberlain. And wow. um, Step your game well, up, I didn't person. say Joe Nathan. I should have said Joe Nathan. <laughs> And Justin Justin Miller actually has the lowest at .97, but he has not appeared in 10 games, so I did not take him into consideration for the Tiger Talk trivia game. So who is the highest in that category? It's probably either – it's probably Nathan or Coke. The highest? The the highest would be – okay, Luke Piconin does not count. Uh, Ortega does not count. Um, Can can Nabel count? Or Knabel, I'm sorry, the new guy. Or Knabel or Knabel? Yeah. Evil Knabel? Probably (laughs) probably not. He probably has less than 10. Yeah, he's a. What is he at? He's at six. He's at six games. He's he's got a one point six five whip. But our favorite our favorite players, Phil Coke and Joe Nathan, are tied <laughs> at one point six one. Out of boys, man, in the same league as Phil Coke. Well, same thing. It. You put all your faith into a thirty seven year old closer who's proven himself. This is the same thing that Tony's talking about. You know, he's proven himself over 50, ten years. You'd think that he'd have <laughs> You'd it. You'd think. But coming off, you know. Yeah, but he's he's proven it over 15 years, and when you're on 16 uh, and 17, like there is right. there there's a plateau and then a, and then a drop off. Mm-hmm. I I mean, Verlander's still in nine in nine ten. I mean, I, I'm biased. Every every <laughs> folks, every time I say the word Verlander, I'm just gonna say I'm biased. He has this little <laughs> smile on his face every time. It makes him happy. <laughs> it, it it tickles my fancy. Wow. Um. TMI. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry, <laughs> got, good, that got man. graphic. We're doing a lot of hair on Tiger Sock. We'll get back. Um. <laughs> what? Uh, defense that we got to We we do play a little bit of defense. Some some days, yeah. Yeah, some days when better Cassius than the others. Feels like he's paying attention. <laughs> yeah, goodness. What 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 uh, position player has the best fielding percentage? fielding percentage? Uh, he, you go first. You know what? It'd be interesting to see. I bet Rajay Davis probably doesn't, just because he gets to ball so quickly that he's liable for errors a bunch. Hmm. I'd say. Probably Kinsler. I'm going to say Kinsler or Jackson, but I can't choose two, so I'll choose Kinsler. 
Mr. That's tough. Mr. Swearad. Mr. Swearad does not know right away. Um, Jackson looks good in center field a lot. He does. That's I always hesitate to get outfield guys just because you know the amount of balls going to their right their territory. You can win a Gold Glove and still have you know a couple errors in the outfield. Then you got then you got first baseman always. Yeah. Yeah, Cabrera. You know what? It might be. I was gonna say Cabrera or Hunter. That's not gonna be Tori. Yeah, you see, he's actually dropped a few this year. Yeah. Like, do you remember? I think it might first have been the game. opening game, first game of the season, <laughs> where where he he just dropped one, and then Rod Allen goes, "You might not see that again uh, the rest of the season." Then last week, yeah. him and Jackson had that miscommunication. I love, I love Tory, but me too. He's had me some too. issues. In he's the been rough. Game. All right, Cabrera. The answer was Kinsler. That a boy, Richard. You are you are correct, my friend. You redeemed yourself. I feel better about that now. And this might be this is my, this is my last one before I let Richie take over. Um, take it over this. With a few questions, if you got any prepared for us. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yes. Who's leading the team in walks? Who, who's who got a good eye? Oh, uh, do you mean batting? Oh, I apologize. I apologize. Hitting. No, yeah. <laughs> we're we're going with the good kind of walks, <laughs> the ones that we get on base, not not letting them on base. Which uh, which of our hitters has drawn the most walks this season? And you know what? I'll, I'll let you know. There are two. It's a tie. So It's a tie. It is a tie. Well, it's one of those got to be Martinez. It just got to be, right? I mean, is one of them Martinez? Well, don't ask him. You got to figure it out. That's what makes the game fun. Each of you, the, this is what we're doing. Each of you guys are are picking one. <laughs> I and, uh, wonderful. You got Martinez. <laughs> yeah, he he beat, he jumped on it. If you if you want some assistance here, I can help you out. Who else would it be? Well, Cabrera maybe. Maybe you know, it's always a good standby there. Yeah, I was gonna say Cabrera maybe. Um not going to be Jackson. It's, this does not take intentional walks or not uh, factored in. Okay. Well, it's not going to be Jackson. Hitters. It's not going to be Castellanos. Wouldn't be Davis. I mean, the best bet is probably it could also be Torrey Hunter. I probably put money on Torrey Hunter. What's Let's that? go with Kinsler. Kinsler. Those were both excellent guesses and neither of them are <laughs> correct. This is why this is my favorite statistic. Probably the last two people you would choose to be leading the stat. Andrew Roman. <laughs> okay, second and third. <laughs> Alex Avila, and as you said, it would really? not be Austin Jackson no has 24 walks this year. I he's he's improving wow. his eye. His walks are up. His strikeouts are down. Although his uh, he's still been hitting a measly 222 over the last 30 days. Recently, he has like a over his last like 21 at bats. I saw yesterday he was like 10 for 21, and he's been scorching hot for about what's, what's four his days. OBP? That's nuts. His his uh, over the last 30 is 287, but um Eesh. on the se- on the season it's it's significantly higher than that. I know it's above uh, above uh, above, above 300, above 300 yeah. for sure. But but I was complaining about it the other day because it's not much above 300. 320, 320 is the number. Wow. On that. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I never would have thought that. We would have put money on that. I think Austin Jackson would have probably been my last guess. He was a tr- he was just absolutely horrid last year with his strikeouts. He'd go, you know, strike looking, strike looking, strike swinging. And that would be it. He'd sit down and, you know, take a shower a couple hours later and do it all again tomorrow. But that's a big deal. Yeah. And maybe since dropping, because he's not in the lead role anymore, which has been, you know, that was Leland's decision and Osmus kept it. He's been around, what, five, six, seven, sometimes nine. Yeah. Help him out. Maybe which with all these walks, it's almost too bad he's not in that in that leadoff hole because I mean, well, I mean, if, if, we, if you're get, if you're getting on base and uh, well, Ra- Rajay Davis also three twenty five on base percentage. Ian Kinsler three ten. I love Rajay, he's so good. Yeah, see, I had a feel. I, I don't, 
I don't, I don't know how, if Rajay, that would, would have been one of my guesses, even though I said I didn't think it'd be him. <laughs> if we want to talk about Austin Jackson for a second, because I think it's interesting to note that Jackson's been on this team. You know, he was the acquisition after Granderson, and he was a big deal because he was he had to be the guy in center for the team. This was probably needs to be Jackson's coming of age year. He's not a kid anymore. He's <laughs> mid-20s now, getting a little bit older than that probably. This is the year that he has to show that he's going to be a you know, a permanent part of this team because you got Rajay sitting in the left. Love to get into that center position, you know, yeah. center field. He can play play left field like nobody else. He just gets to every single ball. Yeah. He and I, I look at him, he and Purcello yeah, are perfect they're, they're perfect. They're perfect parallels. Yes. It's like these guys, for some reason, people continue to treat them like kids, but they both came in so highly regarded. When are we going to see that? I think someone the White Sox have looked towards, we'll, we'll throw this your way a little bit, Zach, is Gordon Beckham. I mean, he yeah. offensively. I mean, yeah. what, what do you think of him? I mean, this year he's really coming around and coming to Well, age. it's a contract contract year for for Gordon. Is it? Um, he's. It's actually interesting you bring that up. Yeah, Beckham was our was our savior. You know, he came up in '07. Uh, we were pretty down on him, and actually, a lot of it was a controversial topic because he played only 50 games in the minors, and we brought him up. You know, the first year he was drafted. Um, so everybody was like, "Well, did we bring him up too early?" And no, he was a stud, man. He really was. He hit. He finished second in uh, Rookie of the Year voting, and actually Chris Getz was on the White Sox. He finished third, but I don't know if you guys remember Andrew Bailey. He finished second to Andrew Bailey, who was the um, Oakland's Pitcher. closer. He was a closer. Yeah. And Beckham, ever since that Rookie of the Year, um, kind of well, his, his rookie year, he's been awful. He really has. You know, and one thing was that, that was a staple in his game was that his fielding and his fielding's dec- um, you know regressed each year. And this year, it really looks like he's starting to put stuff together. He's had some injuries the past couple of seasons, but, you know, he's been a huge disappointment. But obviously you expect him, yeah, he's like, oh, well, i got to show up now. Um, you know, it's my contract year and everything. The ladies love him too, so I guess it brings out oh, some, yeah. I hear that. some nice that. ladies to the games, but he's been <laughs> a huge disappointment. We love the ladies at Comerica Park. The more the merrier. <laughs> All right. I mean, that was uh, – I, I agree. I mean, going back to what you said, just absolutely the same thing. But, yeah, okay. We can move on from that. <clears throat> absolutely. Um. Do you, do you have any uh, crazy trivia that you were trying to stop stop us with, or we can we can go White Sox for a little bit? If Zach has something, I was trying to find because I thought it would be interesting to do a little, you know, White Sox Tigers mesh. I can't I can't find it off the top of you know skimming the internet quickly here, but I wonder the last time the Tigers and the White Sox faced each other in the playoffs and what the result was because I can't remember the last time. I, those... I wouldn't I wouldn't know the top of my head when the last time that, that was. Has to but... be I, I'm not sure years. if it's happened since we've been alive. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Probably not. No, <laughs> I mean... But, I mean, the stat that I was just going to go for was, I mean, it's sort of in the same vein that you were talking about, which was, I like the stat OPS because I think it does a good job. Also, you know, hey, who doesn't love getting on base all out? But uh, we could do OPS. Who has the highest OPS on the team right now? I mean, if anybody wants to take Sorry, it's got to be Victor. I think it's Victor? Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think there? Oh, Victor! Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it is Victor. Just above Cabrera. He's just above Cabrera, which I thought was interesting because it's nine sixty six to nine thirty three. I mean, it's pretty much the same. I was gonna do some trivia for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot, unfortunately. That's fine. Give me, give me at least one. You want one? All right. We should do a. Uh, I don't know how much you know about the White Sox, there, Roberto. Uh, I know they're sitting fourth in the division. That's. I think that's, that's all, all you, you need to know. <laughs> it's pretty much all you need. Well, do you want to do like uh, who has the highest? Uh, one of your stats for the White Sox. We yeah, should look for that. yeah, let's do it. You know, we should do uh, who? All right, fine. Who uh, who draws the most walks on the White Sox? Okay. No cheating, Zach. Hmm. 
Give us a little, give a little bit of that White Sox trivia. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, you know what? Yeah, let's go with the expert, Zach. You start us off. <laughs> oh, oh, you have the stats pulled up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Always. All right. Always. Yeah. Who has the most? Who has the most walks for the White Sox? Yeah. Who draws the most walks on base for the White Sox? I'm gonna look it up. Okay. I'm gonna um, go out on a limb and say it's not Jose Abreu. It's not Abreu. Not done. <laughs> Not, He's not, a pretty aggressive. Not, not, be, not Ramirez. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Ramirez strikes out left and <laughs> right. It's not going to be Vicieto. He strikes out a yeah. bunch. Um, he, you know who he reminds me of is Juan Uribe. Who Vicieto? Diane Vicieto. His, his swing. His swing. Oh my god! Go it puts wild. a. It makes my heart drop out of my butt when I watch that. That's a, that sounds like an awful feeling. <laughs> it's pretty um, bad. It's pretty bad. Who else? You know what? This is interesting walks. stat. I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint. Okay. This okay. person on the team, he has. Drawn more than twice the amount of walks than any other player on the team. Isn't is, that nuts? Is it, uh, gosh, I'm going to sound so bad Zach. if this guy's not on the White Sox, but I believe he is. Is it, uh, Connor Gillespie? He is on the White Sox. He's yeah. playing, he's playing really but well. I'm, I'm going to go with, it's I'm going to go with Gillespie. But it is not Gillespie. Ah, so <laughs> not, close. Not even close to Gillespie. You know, this is, this is insane. Okay. He has, this guy has Old. 40 walks. And, then, <sighs> and the next guy, the next player, who is Andrew Daza. Alejandro Deaza. Alejandro Deaza. 20 walks. It's more than double. Because I was going to say Deaza. It has. It's not Canerco. Zach, when you hear. Maybe it is done. Yep. It, it's done? It's Adam, Adam Dunn. 40 walks. 40 walks wow. in there. 60 games. Really? Yeah. He's draws, playing. Draws a he's playing game. a lot better this year. That's a crazy statistic. You're White Sox, man. They're nuts. Yeah. So, any, uh, any you know, last thoughts on the White Sox? Not really on the White Sox. Um,. I did have a stat for you guys. Richie, we were talking a little bit about, you know, Kershaw's deal and payroll and stuff and everything. Yeah, let's do it. Um, all right. So the Houston Astros payroll is forty four million dollars. Kershaw's deal that he signed, um, he'll get be getting paid thirty, almost thirty one million dollars a year. <laughs> so he he takes up roughly seventy seventy plus percent oh, of the, the Houston, Houston payroll. Yeah. And that Houston's not a small city anymore. You know, it's surprising. I know that it has a lot to do with who your GM is and owners and how much money they're willing to spend into that. But there was a there was a whole article I read last year on how on how Houston does this on purpose. They they have this they have the smallest payroll. They've mm-hmm. accepted that they're not going to win currently, and they just want to make money. They were the the Houston Astros were the, were the most profitable team in the major leagues last I would season. Believe it. Yeah. I mean, when you're not spending all that much, you know. Yeah. But you would th- and I would think that like fans wouldn't come to games, and but I mean like ticket sales is is just Low. is just yeah. yeah one number of right. a million. I'm curious. Uh, when that, did Houston change their logo, and when they decided to rebrand themselves? And I know that was a huge deal because three Miami, years ago. Probably. Yeah, well, yeah. Was that right after uh, Ber- Berkman left, and like the probably. like the like the Bagwell Biggio yeah. Berkman days were officially over? Yeah. And they're like, all right, we suck. Yeah, let's, let's went, start from scratch. When Berkman went to St. Louis. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so it was probably it was three whenever years they ago. got their new the man- big Puma. Whenever they got their new manager, <laughs> who was fired before their manager is a now, if that makes any sense. I vaguely understand what you're talking okay, about. Okay, thank you. But yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I think with rebranding, same thing with Miami, gives a little spark to your team. Maybe, you know, fans want to get the new brand, even if you're not the biggest fan of Houston, because I'm guessing most of their fans are probably more casual than hardcore like oh, yeah. Detroit. But yeah, I think it's like it brings... Cool stadium, though. Games. Houston's a cool stadium. So yeah. is Miami. I think they've both got, you know, yeah. renovations and stuff like that. But Miami is going to be very good in a couple of years. Very soon. Just like Houston. Fernandez is unreal. You see it already with Toronto getting up there. You see it with, you know, Baltimore. There are teams that are flip-flopping and just pulling mm-hmm. those historically good teams down to the bottom and stepping all over them. And yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see well, how you look the at the ALEs. Like, yeah, Richie, we... make the playoffs last year and everything. It's, it's interesting. Right. 
we need to be very, very careful right. that that one of those cellar dweller like the Kansas City Royals Absolutely. doesn't come up and try to sweep us from underneath our feet when we're not looking mm-hmm. over these over this next two years. I wouldn't worry about the White Sox all that much, but uh I actually would I would worry about the White Sox for real. Yeah. I mean I really would. And I'm just not saying this because I'm a fan, but <laughs> I seriously. So you look at the top of the rotation with Sale and then Quintana, two lefties. We drafted Carlos Rodon, who was the number one pick for about, you know, last year if you would have said the White Sox would have got him, it'd be a huge steal. So we're going to have in two years three guys at the top of rotation who are dominant lefties. Yeah, That's pretty scary. And then at the same time, you look at Garcia's going to come back next year. Abby's going to be 23 years old. Abreu's going to be 28. Abreu's going to be, you know, hopefully an MVP kind of candidate. Oh, I think he'll be around Eaton, for a while. Eaton's, Eaton's a stud. Lee, oh, yeah, yeah. I think Eaton. Adam Eaton. He's my, he's my dad and my, my favorite player. He's a stud center fielder. He's quick. He's one of those sparky guys. I think he is the key. He's the reason why I think we're playing this well, more than Abreu. And bottom line, we have Matt Davidson in the minors, too, that we acquired from Arizona. He's going to be our future third baseman. I would say the White Sox in two years are going to be your biggest competitors. Team Teams who win World Series have players like Adam Eaton. Yeah. He's, yeah, no, I mean, all jokes aside, yep. the the White Sox, I mean, this is not their season. Let's let's be real. No. Nope. But get... Not, they're not they're on the horizon. They're not too far like away. Like said, uh, Zach said. That's fine. The yeah. uh, 500 team. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably a perfect representation of what the AL Central is. But yep. you know, mediocre. Yeah, <laughs> mediocre <laughs> in every single way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, look out, <laughs> look out, and that's that's pretty much you know, that's what the Royals. I think the Royals are a team to watch out for this season if we can't pull away for whatever reason in the next couple of years. I think yeah. we got it. <clears throat> All right, guys. Um, that was awesome work. Thank you both for taking the time to sit down with me. Thank you. If quick last little bit, anything, anything, uh, you want to get off off your chest, out of your heart, anything on the tip of your tongue? I want Berlander to be better. I think that's all. I, that's all I've ever wanted. Bullpen needs to work. Berlander needs to throw the ball down the strike zone. That's about it. I would say starters worry about the batter that you're facing right now. I think you guys will be fine. You'll make the playoffs and everything. I think we're, we dissect it because, you know. Right. We well, you have this. high expectations, and this is what we do. Right. We, we remember that it is mid-June. Right. We have three months. Right. All-star game. We get a break. It's Again, we saw that there's a big gap between these next 10 games were big because they're all in our division, and that's what we have to do. That's exactly what my point was going to be. Tigers, they've of of these of the ten that you're talking about, one already had happened yesterday, right. uh, losing to the Twins two to zero. So of these next nine, I would go as far as to say uh, the Tiger. I mean, it's, this is not going to make or break the season. The Tigers have to turn this thing around now, and it has to be with it when they play the teams within their division. I say the Tigers got to go seven and two these next nine. But look at it. All right. Themselves. So really, really quick point. You look at all right. So Detroit's played a lot of baseball in these past couple of years, comparable to the Miami Heat, who have played you know. All these, they've been in the playoffs. They've been in the finals for the past four years. They played all these extra eight games. They had a big streak this year where they were playing really bad. Detroit had the same thing. You guys will streak again and win a bunch of games. That's my prediction. So I think you guys will end up ending the year at 95 wins plus still. Zach, I hope you're right. I hear you. You heard it here. 95 wins alongside Zach Swirad, Richie Cosolino. I'm Tony Garcia, your host for Tiger Talk. Take care. Goose Goslin made opposing pitcher scream. Then Georgie Kelly came upon the scene. I'm talking baseball.
Motor City team. Well, Hal and Dizzy set him down.